Welcome to Top Landing Year and to our series of interviews from the 2021 Bournemouth Air Festival. Now, no air show would be complete without the intrepid Aero Superbatics Wingwalkers, who've been thrilling air show crowds all over the world since they were founded back in 1984. They fly the Boeing Stearman, a biplane trainer from the 1940s, with the wingwalkers climbing from the open cockpit onto the top wing to perform various moves, while the aircraft perform aerobatics in close formation at speeds of up to 150 miles an hour and pulling up to 4G. Now, unfortunately, on day three of the air festival, one of the aircraft sustained a technical malfunction during the display, and pilot Dave Barrell did a brilliant job of successfully ditching the aircraft in Pool Harbour, saving his own life and that of wingwalker Kirsten Popjoy. Her great friend Emma Broadbent was the wingwalker on the other aircraft, flown by former Red Arrow and Jaguar display pilot Andy Cubin, who circled overhead for some time but then had to land back at Bournemouth unaware of the outcome of the crash. Needless to say, there was huge relief when word got back that Kirsten and Dave were safe and sound. And that evening in the Festival Hotel bar, we lost count of just how many beers were bought for and indeed consumed by Dave, all of which he thoroughly deserved, of course. Now, our interview with Kirsten, Dave and Andy was recorded the day before the incident, hence there's no reference to it. One of the displays that we've been enthralled by, actually for many, many years, but great to see them here at Bournemouth, is the uh, Aero Superbatics Wingwalkers. And we've now got the two pilots of those beautiful Boeing Stearmans, uh, David Barrell and Andy Cubin. I think those are familiar names. Nice to be here. To a lot of people. (laughs) Hello, guys. That's right. Dave, I'm going to start with you, otherwise you might never get a word in edges. Because I've interviewed Andy in the past when he, when he was at the beaten. time I never got a word in those words <laughs> I remember it clearly <laughs> never quite recovered <laughs> so it's already started yeah it already started yeah. 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 so we'll, we'll get on we'll get on to Andy's life and career shortly but Dave the, the wing walkers thing is, has been it's been a big part of displays for many many years and I think you're, you are the most senior pilot now and you've been with them for something like 15 years exactly that yeah 15 years so I've been at Bournemouth since, yeah, 2007-ish. Wow. And tell me what, I mean, you were flying these beautiful World War II American training aircraft, the, the Boeing Stearman, with it. it's a radial engine, I think, isn't it? That's I mean, right, yeah. They make a cracking noise. Yes. Firstly, what's it like to fly one of those things? Oh, it's just wonderful. You know, it's, a, it's a, an archetypical classic biplane. Yeah. It's big, brash, it's heavy, it's noisy, very powerful. Yeah. Um, and along with that, you get a massive fuel burn, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we have the added advantage, of course, of having lovely girls standing <laughs> on a wing, doing handstands, yeah. dancing around. And, uh, and then, yeah, we can fly two, two aircraft in formation like we have done here for many years, or we can fly three or four or indeed what? five. Really? What, with wingwalkers? Yep. Have you done that? Uh, we have. We have done it uh, in the past. And um, next year, we'll be in a position to do the same. All, all Stearmans or different types? No, they're all Stearmans. Oh. They're all um, of the same sort of era between 1940-1945. Uh, wonderful machines. Pratt & Whitney 450 horsepower engines, mm. which is the same engine that goes in the Beach 18. Yeah. Uh, with, and the aircraft we have here have cowlings as well, which yeah. are derivative of the Beach 18 
uh, cowling nine foot six prop, which we deliberately fly at about twenty one hundred RPM, which then gives the rasping sound. Yeah. Ah, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what was your route into this? I know what Andy's route was, but yep. we'll still ask him. <laughs> what, what was your route into this? Uh, it was all by uh, being in the right place at the right time, really. Um, so I, I took a PPL course at, at Marshalls, Cambridge, yeah. very long time ago. Um, with the Cambridge Aero Club, which was then staffed by the test pilots who were flying the Hercules and TriStars at the time. Uh, so I did that, and then um, I did a, a multi-engine rating with the, with the idea to go down the airline route, but um, I, I knew a few airline pilots, and I kind of did Spitfires at Duxford attracted me a bit more. <laughs> so so I divi- diverted my uh, attention towards do, doing that, really. So, so I ended up buying a Stearman, I was flying a parachute aeroplane at the time, gaining experience, um, bad weather, obviously climbing high multiple times a day. And, uh, and yeah, and then I, I ended up buying Stearman and flying that around East Anglia. I got a display authorization back in the 90s with it. So I did a few weddings and uh, local fairs with it, if you like, flyings and stuff like that. And then, yeah, I, I saw the job became free in 2006. So I wrote in with 700 hours Stearman time with a DA. So it's quite a natural progression, really. And then I started uh, with Aero Superbalics way back then. It was the start of Gino, the Gino sponsorship, which lasted three years, which then moved into to Breitling. And, um, yeah, I, I um, really, really enjoyed it. I worked up the display, and um, eventually I left the Cambridge area and moved down to the Cotswolds. Yeah. So I live just a mile from the airfield now. God, life hasn't been too bad for you, Dave, has it's it? It's really? been wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. And what about the new boy on the team? He's a- Andy Cuban. <laughs> yeah, he's doing really well. <laughs> he's doing all right, is he? He's fitting in. Oh, give me that microphone. <laughs> there you go. Oh, where should we, st- we start? <laughs> Brace yourself, listeners. <laughs> so, Andy... I first met you in the mid-90s. You were the RAF Jaguar display player. I was at the time. Yeah. It was a yeah. thrilling, I was thrilling a very young display. man as well. Who? Was, uh, me. Yes, well, we both were. Uh, yeah, yeah, so you were. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. were. And, um, and then you moved through to the Reds and now on to, of course, doing this with the, uh, with the Wing Walkers. just want to ask you about that mm. Jaguar display. Mm. Because in those days, the Jaguar was still an operational aircraft for the Air Force. Yeah. And I always thought it was meant to be a really cool aircraft. But I'm sort of... now. Nowadays, I'm reading quite a lot of stuff that says, actually, the Jaguar was never really a, a great aeroplane. And you would read that from people that never flew it. Ah. You see, and there's the, there's the significant difference. The pilots that flew the Jaguar loved it. Yeah. I mean, for a start, it was a single-seat aeroplane, so you were in charge of your own destiny at all times. You didn't have a, a navigator in the back to help you out. It was all down to you and your, and your management of the workload, which was significant at times. You know, yeah. it could, could be quite busy in single-seat operations, and it proved itself in, in the Gulf War. It was a, a completely capable machine, very good at flying in a straight line, very quickly, very accurate weapon-aiming system, put the bomb on the target, no arguments, turn around, come home. And it could take a bullet or two in it as well, yeah. you know, and um, came home every now and again with the odd hole in my machine and uh, <laughs> easy to patch up put some sellotape on it or the equivalent of sellotape and it was operational the next day so very robust and reliable because there were relatively few computers in it and um, and that's the big difference between then and now Uh, the the airplane was only really one step up from the hawker hunter which was simplicity itself you moved to switch and something happened Uh, and that was it there was no sort of funny gadget in the in between to sort of determine what it thought you wanted you know you tell it what you want it does it for you and what was it like to display fantastic fantastic and bear in mind we 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 used to fly it with only about a third of the amount of fuel you could get in it 
so it was nice and light it was clean we didn't have any tanks on it so it just had pylons and um lightweight and off it went no guns you put your luggage <laughs> your disco kit and your underpants where the guns used to go and uh, and off you went and yeah. uh, you know tour around europe with this with this thing and some support and ground crew that drove yeah. around in the car it was just fantastic great fun great fun uh, and it really went well I remember you t- it was a fabulous display. I yeah. remember you telling me a joke which went completely over my head during the interview. All jokes do. <laughs> uh, but there's something called the Cuban roll in, uh, in aerobatics, but you developed something called the... Cuban 5. Cuban 5. Cuban 5. So yeah. there's the, 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 the manoeuvre you're thinking about is called a Cuban 8. Yes, Okay, right. where you draw draw a figure of eight in the sky, That's it. as you would look at it from the, um, uh, from the crowd. The Cuban 5... <laughs> Um, was a five-stage manoeuvre that I'd never seen done anywhere else. So I'll, I'll throw it together and I'll, I'll put my own name to it and forever um, be written down in the annals of aviation history as a result. <laughs> um, thank you for bringing it back up again because it was long and forgotten. But it was effectively a four-point roll interrupted by a full roll from upside down to upside down. So there's oh, really? two stages of a four-point roll yeah. to put you inverted. Yeah. Then I rolled from inverted to inverted. Yeah. Number three, and then two stages of the four-point rollout. Oh. So they got Cuban five. I think the current Jag pilots are still displaying the same. Are they? The same thing, yeah. <laughs> Jag pilots, yeah. Really? All, all the Jaguar display teams at the moment use that. Use that same manoeuvre. Jaguar. Yeah. I mean, there aren't any, but they were. <laughs> yeah. They say most of them aren't still, not alive anymore. Is it? <laughs> yeah. And so, sorry, we must move on to the wingwalkers, but I'd just love to get your thoughts on displaying something like the typhoon that we now see how would that in terms of what you're doing in the cockpit flying a typhoon which is very much a computerized aircraft yes how different would that be if absolutely you no idea <laughs> no <laughs> i don't know what you're asking me that for uh, i've never flown a typhoon no. so uh, but um, you know every pilot will attest to the fact that whatever input you you put into a flying machine it does the same irrespective of what yeah. you're in yeah. pull stick back cows get smaller Keep pulling stick back, cows eventually get bigger again because you do the full loop and you come down. And so controls work the same in any aeroplane type you fly. Um, They will feel slightly different, of course, you know, in in a um, mechanical machine like the Stearman where there are no hydraulics to enhance the controls. It's you against the air forces uh, acting on the the control surfaces, whereas the Typhoon will have computers to make life nice and easy yeah. and, and hydraulics and fly-by-wire yeah. and stuff like that. So you don't have to work too hard at, at manipulating the controls. So yeah. there'll, be a, there'll be a difference in the amount of force you put in on the control column, but they work in exactly the same way. Yeah. Pitch and roll in your... It's, it's just physics. Yeah, mm. interesting. So, OK, so from Jaguar Reds, I'm, I'm going to foreshorten this, mm. and now you're, you're on these wonderful Boeing Stearman. How much do you enjoy this sort of display? Flight? I've never been happier. Never been happier. The, the formation skills that you learn in, the, in your Air Force career, are, are ba- it's a basic skill set. It's something you learn. And they, it's a bit like riding a bike. It never leaves you. It doesn't matter how long you've never ridden a bike. You know, you get back on a bike, you know how to ride it. Yeah. Well, if you've done enough display flying, and I have, you don't forget the skills. What, what's really challenging is getting it refined again, putting yourself in the same cubic foot that you expect to be in time after time and where the skill set is degraded is if we leave too much time between one display and another and, and we've been guilty of that all of us over the last 18 months with lockdown and that our the time span between displays has, has sometimes been quite lengthy so the fine skills go we're fortunate enough here to have a wonderful vista 
panorama, beautiful weather, light winds. And so from Thursday through to Sunday, you'll see it improve and improve and improve. <laughs> By Sunday, you'll be gasping with admiration. Have you, have you actually noticed when you're there that I'm not as, I'm not quite yes. as sharp as I, yep. I, I usually yep. am? Yesterday was a case in point. I've not really? flown... Um, a formation display for three weeks. Right. So yesterday's yeah. was the first three weeks. And it doesn't take long. Back in the Arrows days, we had a um, four-day currency time. If we yeah. didn't fly a show in four days, we would have to do a practice display yeah. before we went back in front of the public. And that's how quickly the fine skills would deteriorate. And the same for you, David. Obviously, you, you, seem, you feel, feel exactly, exactly the same. No, absolutely, yeah. I mean, obviously, after lockdown... Yeah. Um, yeah, you almost have to get back in the aeroplane just yourself and fly around just to re-familiarise yourself with the way it behaves. But then, yeah, Andy's quite right. When, you, when you're flying close formation, it takes that, uh, that extra practice time to get back into, exactly. into close formation. And, um, and, yeah, certainly yesterday was, was a good one for us because, um, you know, obviously it's uh, a vast area. Yeah. Um, the girls are in arabesque at the end for nearly two minutes, and mm-hmm. it's a really long display line. So for us, it's it's very good for us to get back into the groove out there, but also, obviously, at the airport, the hold. Um, today, fingers crossed, will be better. Yeah. Sa- Saturday and Sunday will improve all the time. You say the girls are in arabesque. Is, are you good on your dance moves, Dave? Is uh, that, only, is that, this, is this... Uh, only that one. I'm no expert by any means. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, actually... Um, how do you formulate the display? And how, is, you must do it in conjunction with the with the girls. Yeah. Who de, who determines what what uh, moves they make, uh, and how much scope is to change the display from one season to another? Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly right. It's a good point. Um, in nineteen, we had a routine. Then last year, well, COVID obviously knocked a lot out, but we worked up a new routine. Um, with feedback from the general public, the crowd, as it were, and uh, we changed the beginning slightly, and then we changed the end as well. The, the crossovers and the oppo- opposition stuff in the middle remains very similar, um, and uh, but we just obviously worked that up to make it a little bit more exciting. And um, so what we do, myself and Andy, we we sat down and we worked out a routine, flew it, make sure it was okay, and then we then go through it with the girls on paper. So they then stand, sit in the hangar on top of the wing with the two aeroplanes facing each other and they work out which moves they're going to do at certain points in the display. So they have sort of carte blanche yeah. within certain elements of time in the display. Yeah. You do your thing, they do your, their thing. Yeah. Huge amounts of trust, obviously. It's got to work. Yeah. The timing's got to be spot on. Yeah. They don't want to be doing something they shouldn't be doing as you're about to do something exactly. you know you're going to be doing. Exactly, Otherwise, they yeah. could be an injury. Yeah, yeah. no, precisely, yeah. So, so it's, it, the display's set in stone at the beginning of the season. All their moves are set in stone. It consists of elements, our display. So if it, here we have 17 minutes, so we can do a full display. Uh, somewhere else, we might be given 12 minutes. Last weekend, we were given 12 minutes. So we have elements in the display that we can take out. Um, which makes life very easy. So then we can, we can then foreshorten the display to whichever amount of time that we're given. Fortunately, here we're 17 minutes, so we can do the full show, which is fantastic for us. And are they are they counting? Are they do they are they taking their cues from you in terms of right? That that's going to, that this manoeuvre needs to end. This this bit of what we're doing now needs to end because we're about to do a roll or whatever it might be. There's, there's, there's a lot of elements that need to be taken into consideration, and the girls do that. So that fatigue is the first thing. You can't sit there all day 
with your arms and legs in a particular position yeah. in a hundred miles an hour wind. Yeah. Just doesn't work. You know, it doesn't matter how fit you are, how strong you are, you will get fatigued. They also need to be able to see each other. So part of my job as the number two is to manoeuvre precisely enough so that Emma on my wing can see Kirsten on the leader's wing because the signals go back and forward from each other. Okay, so that they, when they do things in synchronization, they do it exactly at the same time. And to do that, they need to be able to see each other. And for them to see each other, I need to be in a particular position at any particular time in the show. And that needs consideration as well. So it's not just a case of following each other around the sky. Uh, Kirsten earlier said that they go through quite a rigorous training package to do what they do. But how is that training package formulated? Because you're the only team in the world that does this. Is it something that you, you've evolved and been then the CIA have said, yes, that's, that's good enough training package? Or is it just what you think needs to be done to make it safe? Yeah, it's, it's largely experience from, from 30 years ago, yeah. maybe more. Um, the early days, Vic with trial and error, yeah. uh, seeing what would work, what yeah. wouldn't work, how moves flowed into, into one another. Um, you know, the wing walkers of old have handed down their skills. Kirsten's now the chief wing walker and she... She uh, comes from a trapeze background, and she's she's very switched on yeah. with with exactly that mm-hmm. um, for for choreographing the routine. Yeah. And and you're exactly right. There's some places of the of the routine where where we turn, say after a pass, we'll turn, and at that moment she gives a signal, and they come out of that move, and then they'll um, go into an idle position, perhaps mm-hmm. somewhere with their arms down which looks graceful so they're having a rest and then once we come round back onto another move she'll make a signal and then they'll yeah, change that's yeah that's is there any verbal communication going on between you and the girl on your aircraft or, no none. no no ver- verbal communication is impossible right uh to the point where we've even tried to put microphones on them to see if we can pick up their voices yeah and even with the microphone right in front of their mouth you can't hear anything except wind and engine yeah um myself and andy we're talking to each other all the time um i'm generally um, Listening. Cu- the <laughs> 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 I'm generally queuing the manoeuvres, and, and Andy Andy then responds where he needs to. Yeah. And I'm calling the smoke on and off. Right. Um, you know, normal standard display calls. The girls they communicate with each, each other just by hand signals. So if there was a drama, one of them got injured or yep. you know, whatever it might be, yeah, uh, they, they could they could can the display yep. by yep. hand signals between themselves. But how would they communicate that? But hand signals to us. So you, so if yeah, indeed, yeah. But if generally um, we have spare capacity, so as we're flying around, I can just look up. I only have to look oh, you, up, you and can, I can see so she's, she's right. She's right there in yeah. front of me. Okay. So um, s- same for Andy. Um, she, <laughs> if they have a problem, thumbs down. Yeah. We throttle back eighty miles an hour. They unstrap and they're back in the cockpit. And we we practice that beginning of the season. They can normally do it in ten seconds from from being given the signal. We might give them the signal. If we have a problem and we need to, to break off, um, you know, technical problem with the aircraft, we give them a wing waggle in the seat and they're down in 10 seconds. Andy, as number two, obviously your focus is mainly on number, your lead, lead aircraft for most of the display. Yeah. But you're also checking, checking your wing walkers. Well, well, I rely very much on Emma getting it right. I yeah. mean, and, and that's the nature of the beast, is mm-hmm. that we all have our individual roles to perform, yeah. but we rely on each other to get it spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a standard operating procedure fly. Yeah. It's an SOP. Yeah. And you'd instantly recognise if that it's SOP, uh, if we went away from that. Mm-hmm. As, or that's what SOPs are for. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, absolutely. If anything went went different, yes. <laughs> it would be blatantly obvious. Yeah. Okay. okay. And are the aircraft, obviously you have the, the harness and, and stand on top of the, the wing. Are the aircraft modified in any other ways for your display? Yeah, the, the two aircraft that we've got here are modified in that um, we've got four ailerons, 
All right. Standard steersman only has ailerons on the lower yeah. wing. We have one at, back at Rinkham. And also these uh, aircraft we have here have inverted uh, fuel, oil and smoke systems as well. Okay. So they do have the capability to fly upside down. Because there used to be, or I think I've seen it on TV, where there's a baton pass between an, up, yeah. an inverted and the, and the... But that's not part of the display. We, we haven't worked that up this season, yeah. um, mainly because of COVID and everything's... Uh, you know, kind of, it was a bit depressed last year, yeah. but it's certainly not out of the question. But it, it, is inverted flight unlimited, or is it? A no, quite a limited? it's, it's uh, about twenty seconds, because we have an inverted oil system which feeds the engine, yeah. but there's no inverted system to scavenge back to the tank. Right. The tank is behind the pilot. Yeah. So, uh, so what happens is you feed pressure into the engine, yeah. but the engine then starts filling up with oil. Mm. So, so yeah, we limit it to about twenty seconds maximum so inverted. Right. Yeah. And what do, you added the top ailerons for what reason? It proves the roll rate. Yeah. Um, quite a significant difference between flying the two aileron machine that we have at Renkham through a roll and for flying these aircraft here yeah. through a roll. They're much quicker, much more responsive yeah. in roll, yeah. Is there any difference displaying on a, 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 apart from the fact that the crowd line is extremely long and the girls are waving for long periods of time, <laughs> is there any difference in terms of, of flying a display over a, a, a coastal uh, air display as opposed to a land-based air display? Got it. Um, the, the main difference here is that um, we have quite a high display viewpoint as well as the beach. Mm. So what would normally happen, and this comes way, way back from basic opposition passes, is that in order for the aeroplanes to appear to collide, yes. the, f- the aeroplane further away for an observer on the beach would need to sit slightly higher to be on that slant angle. The fudge. The fudge. The fudge. Exactly, the fudge. So um, our um, display committee are, are up here on top of the cliff, okay, which is the same height as our mergers. So for those aircraft to appear to um, collide, there is no fudge because the line is straight from aeroplane to aeroplane to observer. So you can only satisfy one set of eyes yeah, of course. and you've got to choose which set of eyes you're yeah. going to satisfy. Oh, so that's it's all about fudging. No, brilliant. Yeah. And um, you were saying you, you've uh, adapted the display a bit from feedback from, from the crowd. I was asking the girls about this. What, what we don't see, which I think is, is fascinating, is them exiting the cockpit and getting up onto the wing and back down in again as that's something that seems to be almost i know it's not i know nothing you do is dangerous but you know it sounds an incredible thing to do that to me is wing walking but we don't get to see it because you choose to do that away from the crowd could that be changed i think for for climb up um we normally do that as an sop we normally do it high so I don't think there'd be any mileage really in doing it in front of the crowd because they wouldn't really see. Uh, however, the climb down at the end, we do a manoeuvre where we do a trailing roll, yeah. we do a wing over, back into crowd centre, and then we do a, quite a wide um, turn to the right, back towards the main pier. At that point, we slow down. The girls, they unstrap themselves. So as we're heading towards the pier, they'll unstrap themselves and they climb down and sit on the leading edge of the wing. Although they are still tied on. They've got a safety harness yeah. onto the aircraft, yeah. yeah. So anybody with a good camera will, if, can, if, can if pick a moment. If at that point you threw a dummy out, that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got a very odd sense of humour, our friend James. <laughs> um, no, that wouldn't be funny. <laughs> 
so guys, yeah, this is obviously the strange thing at the moment. Maybe it's not that strange because I know sponsorship is hard for even, you know, major sports are struggling with sponsorship. I know at the moment, you, I mean, over the years you've been the Crunchy Flying Circus, you've been the Brightening Wing Walkers, all sorts of the Atlee Butley, but your, your sponsorship less just at the moment. Is that likely to change? I mean, what's the difficulty with sponsorship currently? Well, obviously, the, the um, national economic situation um, is the main uh, problem at the moment. However, that said, we are speaking to, to people all the time. Hopefully, fingers crossed, one day somebody will come along and say, hey, let's have uh, our name all over your aircraft, um, which obviously we would be very open to, to discuss. If you look at the paper today, the local paper, we're on the front page. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the sort of com- um, PR or marketing we can command very so easily to, to, to keep the sort of finances coming in at the moment you do uh, experience flights we so do so people can come pay money and get them scared, scared witless standing on top of an airplane <laughs> glad there, you said witless <laughs> is, there a, is, there a, is there a weight limit to who you could carry yes you're over it <laughs> And he's definitely yeah. So it's Roy then. Yeah, it's Roy. Roy's the guy who's going to have to be strapped. Uh, we say we say fourteen and a half stone, but we t- we uh, yeah, treat each it. individual, yeah. um, each individual as they come in on yeah. a case by case basis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we might have to look at this. Absolutely. Do you so think your 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 the future job? It's not looking good, Jess, is it? I'm seventeen stone. Yeah, but okay. Uh, and a good excuse to. Shed a few pounds before you come along. Well, exactly. Yeah. There's the motivation aspect there. But there's, there's some fencing to be done at your lovely airfield. Is that right? There is. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's one of those activities that um, people have on their bucket lists, yeah. you know, must do adrenaline junkies, yeah. things like that. So it's an experience that you can buy. Come and visit us at Rankham in Gloucestershire. Yeah. GoWingWalking.com, he says, plugging it ferociously. Um, is the website to visit and get all the details yeah. and come and visit us and it's just the most beautiful setting all the original World War I yeah. buildings big, big open field the just is one of my favourite absolutely it is, it beautiful is, as, yeah. as you know old classic biplanes go it is everything that ticks all the boxes and obviously a joy to fly well, um, it's yeah. a wonderful machine to never fly never embarrassed with power masses of power yeah um, every, all the controls are by rod yeah. apart from the rudder so it's two fingers on the stick oh, it's yeah. so positive to fly and it gives you good feedback it's uh, um, quite forgiving in the air mm-hmm. not quite so forgiving when we're landing in a crosswind yeah. but, uh, but that comes with bumming seat time <laughs> and guys if you need some stickers now to plaster over your aircraft we'll give you some top hand them here. over yeah we'll hand them yeah. over it's about and, time um, I got something off you we'll ask yeah. if either of our listeners uh, <laughs> could possibly sponsor you or know anyone who might absolutely yeah, you're in good hands here <laughs> Guys, thank you so much, and good luck with the display. Absolute pleasure. Have a great day. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Well, it's day two of the Bournemouth Air Festival. The sun is shining. It feels like it's very early in the morning, after a very busy day for us all yesterday. And um, some of the performers are already up, including Kirsten Popjoy, who is one of the wing walkers. Kirsten, good morning. Hello. You must be either very brave or mad, or maybe both. I think a little bit of both, but I think all the best people are. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes, I love my job to pieces. It's so much fun. And uh, yeah. Just to describe what you do, you and your colleague Emma mm-hmm. stand on the top of an old 
Boeing Stearman biplane, and which then performs aerobatics with you basically tied to the top of the wing. Yes, uh, it's amazing fun. So we have a special five-point safety harness that allows us to uh, swivel around and stuff on top of the wing. So we can do handstands, <laughs> and we have an extra safety wire which allows us to climb around the aeroplane while it's flying which is lots of fun. And, uh, yeah, we, so we climb around and the aircraft do uh, formation manoeuvres, opposition passes, aerobatics. It's a, it's a whirlwind of a show. I've done aerobatics sitting in an open cockpit. I've found that terrifying enough and uncomfortable. But to be out in the open air, I know you, you say you're, <clears throat> you're tied on, but, I mean, the first time you ever did this, you must have asked yourself, why am I doing this? And wasn't it just <laughs> utterly scary? It's honestly... it's not scary at all in the slightest it's, wing walking is just so much fun uh, that's why I love my job but the first time I went wing walking it was um, my job interview it was the most interesting job interview I've ever had um, sort of strap yourself on top of an aeroplane and go flying <laughs> it's also when we'd had some horrific snow so I was driving oh. to the airfield with snow taller than me on either side of the wow. road thinking what am I putting myself in for but um, as soon as I took off, I just loved it. And I, I called my mum as soon as I got down. I said, I have But to she get. was relieved. I said, I have to get this job. I just don't know what I'm going to do if I don't get it because it's just so much fun. It really is. And what was your background? What had you done before that that made you think that wing walking might be a, a profession for so, you? So, I mean, it was pretty random that I um, sort of applied for the job. I heard about it on the radio, the, the job advert. Oh. And um, I thought... Why not? Sounds really fun. So my background is in uh, trapeze. Oh, so that's what nice. I trained doing. Oh, so you're already slightly mad. Yes, yeah. uh, already slightly <laughs> mad. Uh, just getting madder by the day. Um, but yes, I I went to do my professional trapeze training. Uh, I got a place and the same week I got this job. So it was a real crossroads in my life. Do oh. I go into the thing I've been training to do? Yeah. Or do I go into something completely outlandish and different and um, I'm so glad that I took that step because of the opportunities it's given me has just been insane well that sounds to me like a motivational speech and I think <laughs> anyone who's listening to this should take that on board follow your dreams yeah. I, I really think it is because it's when I first started the job I mean I was I was very I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself and it really pushed me to realize actually sometimes if you just take that step you don't even know the magical things that can come Absolutely. from it. Right. And uh, it's yeah. just been the most wonderful experience ever. Yeah. Um, so you, you say you're connected by the five-point harness normally, mm. but also you have a wire. Yes. Now, does some of your sort of job involve coming off the five-point harness and just being on the wire? Y- yes. So uh, for the last half of the show, we are unstrapped from the main harness on the top wing, and then we uh, use various handholds and stuff around... Um, the aircraft so we're we're essentially it looks it's an illusion that we're not strapped in we're always strapped in we're never not strapped onto the aircraft we're very safe but Mm -hmm. um we're we're free to move as as far as the wire allows us so the worst case and i'm i like to look at the worst case scenario (laughs) thank you (laughs) if you fall off the aircraft you're still attached to wire yes but you're sort of flapping around behind the the yeah so it's it's not actually that long Uh, has that ever happened has anyone no touch wood uh yeah you don't train for that uh we do a lot of training we have to do about a month of really intense training sort of 
it's the training's actually a lot more boring than you yeah. think it is because um, you're just climbing up and down an aeroplane yeah. like all day. Um, With a fan in front of you as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately we haven't managed to simulate the wind yet. Um, but it's it's very intense the training, and uh, yeah, it's 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 almost becomes autopilot. What's what you're doing because you become so comfortable around the aircraft it's it, my second home is in the sky i'm very conscientious of what i'm doing i'm never taking it for granted while i'm up there yeah. like i'm not nervous but i'm very aware it's none of us are complacent with what we're doing we are aware that we are moving around a flying airplane but um yeah we're very safe and you have beautiful white teeth <clears throat> do you get a lot of bugs on them when you're uh after yes. running? you must sit there and Unfortunately, um, yes, I, I'm, I'm vegan, so I don't enjoy it, but it's some extra protein in my diet. <laughs> and Kirsten, uh, presumably, um, you must build up an in- incredible bond of trust with your mm. pilot. And do you, well, apart from, I'd, I'd like to tell me about that, do you also just stick with the same pilot through the display season? Yes, so uh, so I've been on the team four years now, so my pilot has been david barrel for three of those wonderful years and he is just the best um he's like my dad my big brother and we're so close we're all just like a family because we're traveling all around the world with these guys and there's really nothing i wouldn't do for them they're just they're just my best friends they're my family um and yeah we get on so well which really is so important Um, but they're all so experienced as well i mean dave has been leading the team now for 15 years so like if that doesn't give you confidence do you know what i mean yeah he's like the most experienced guys at what they do yeah. and uh it really does make you feel very safe and i think uh, emma said to his sister when we we're chatting to briefly that you are actually the only two professional ringwalkers in the world is that right yeah formation the only professional formation display team wing walking in the whole wide world incredible which is quite exciting i don't um, think people would have necessarily known that i think you'd no. think that maybe there were lots of displays but you are the only ones it's amazing yeah, that it's, must make you feel incredibly proud it does it does make me feel proud sometimes it hits me i think especially when you go somewhere really interesting like i've flown done displays in mongolia and that sort of thing but like sometimes it really hits me wow i'm actually one of two people in the world that gets to see these amazing places like this um, and also, I'm doing it with my best mate, yeah, which that, is is amazing. It is a job, money. It's, such, money, a, and, it's and such a unique view. I mean, that, that's, that's, buy that experience. No, yeah. absolutely. Well, you can actually. You can. You can. We we um we we do run experienced flights from our our private airfield, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, so if you guys fancy giving it a go, well, well, we'll come and watch. <laughs> um, but the lovely story about Emma, who is the other wing walker, mm. is you said she's your best buddy. But I mean, yeah. she really has been your best buddy for years. You knew each other. Yes. From we, uh, Emma was the first person I met when we started secondary school. Isn't that lovely? So um, we have been best friends since we were 11 and we're still best friends and now we get to travel all around the world oh. um, on top of biplanes with each other. And did, did, <laughs> is it because of you that she got into this? Yes, uh, so, this, so Emma started this year. Uh, there was a space on the team and she just... So Emma went the university route whereas I wing-walked straight after school. So she did her uni experience, and then there was a space on the team, so I was like, come and join, because you fit perfectly. Her background's in dance, yes. and uh, she's the right um, height. So, uh, yeah, we got her a space on the team. So, uh, uh, in the actual display itself, obviously a variety of different manoeuvres, what's the most tricky or difficult manoeuvre that, that you do? Um, 
I'd for you? probably say well there's there's kind of two two ways of looking at it so it, it's hard to move when you're experiencing g so when mm-hmm. we're in the loop uh we've got up to 4g mm-hmm. so obviously it's really difficult because it's like having four of you sat on top of you yeah. to move when you're it's doing like that jezza every so day. that's hard but the uh <laughs> the um the climbing around is probably the most physically challenging part yeah. of the display mm. um, because you're obviously holding your body weight and we can go up to 165 miles an hour um, in the display. So that's that's challenging. So you've got wind and G on your body yeah. and you're trying to climb around. And you're trying to move mm. and trying to look elegant. I mean, when we're doing our experiences, people at our airfields, they... Put this or put their arms out and they get blown back and they like bring mm. them back in again mm. because they don't realize how strong the wind is. So, I think the the practice it takes to make it look like it's not so um hard and yeah. painful that's, that's, that's like, the finesse of the job, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that clearly means that you both have to train to be extremely fit mm. and extremely strong, yes. Uh, yeah, we do a lot of training, and I mean, there, there's nothing you can do really. And, until you start flying to build that strength up because yeah. it's not something that you use. But I do sit in my car with a resistance band around my head do you? to train my neck up. Do you really? Some of the people yeah. looking next to me like, what is this girl doing? <laughs> if, only, <laughs> if only they knew. <laughs> and we mentioned Emma. We must just mention Emma's pilot, of course, who's Andy Cubin, who I've mm-hmm. known for donkey's years. And James also knew. He was a Jag- the Jaguar display pilot and then on the Reds. Yeah. So, I mean, another incredibly experienced safe pair of hands Yes, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, I mean, they're all just fab guys. Really couldn't wish for a better team. Yeah, yeah. Really couldn't. What, um, what yeah. Does, sorry, uh, what does the future hold, uh, Kirsten, for the, for the team and for you with the team? So, uh, well, I'm really hoping that we can get a sponsor. Um, that would open a lot of doors for us because, uh, obviously, we get to travel more. Um, so I'm really holding out for that, but I think I'm going to be wingwalking when I'm 90 years old. <laughs> Good for you. Um, I don't want to ever leave. It's just just some best fun. I I'm love. Gonna, I'm going to play this interview uh, to my daughter, who's 13, <laughs> and it's just starting out on her yeah. journey into adulthood, and she'll be inspired to hear what you say. Oh, which is thank amazing. you. Yeah, that's, really I think that's one of the favourite parts of my job is going around and meeting little kids and just showing them that the sky isn't even the limit you know you can you can <laughs> do whatever you want yes. and you, you there's jobs there that you you don't even know exist one I didn't the, I didn't know it one, existed. one of the favourite parts of my job is going around the world meeting wing walkers it's a great, <laughs> great <laughs> bonus to this, this this job we've chosen but yeah it's, it's just wonderful because you there's amazing things that people never even consider exist and it's yeah. just so much do you fun. do motivational speaking by the way <laughs> No, I don't. I think that could be a sideline. I think we need need to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, Gerson, just just to go back to the actual performance itself, Mm. you talk about these incredible moves, because obviously when you travel to a display like this, you take off in the cockpit, Mm. and then you climb up onto the wing. Yes. And at the end, you will clamber back down into the Mm -hmm. cockpit. But we don't really see that. I don't think the crowd necessarily really appreciate it, because it doesn't necessarily happen happen in front of the crowd does yeah, it or does I, it I, well so obviously the last passes we're unstrapped uh, for like the last bit of the show but uh, we climb away up down when we're away from the crowd yeah we climb up if we're doing a show where we're strapping ourselves in during flights we climb up 
away from the show just in case um, you like get stuck or something uh, which it doesn't <clears throat> ever happen I've, no. I mean I've never had it happen but touch wood <laughs> um, something, touch wood. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's uh, that's a challenging part I think yeah I think you, that, you're having I mean to not do that you really need to add to wind. it but I do I think that I'd love to see that a bit more. <laughs> I, I think that uh, is that a bit demanding. We don't is because it's not so graceful. I'm yeah. and we're like concentrating a yeah. lot on what we're doing. Yeah. And um, I don't have room in my head to think. I need to make this look nice. No, well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. All right, we won't put too many more demands here. You also you talked about pulling G. I think there's a manoeuvre where you even pull negative G, isn't there? Yeah, we do. we go oh. through negatives as well, which actually I really love. Um, you because, love it. Yeah, How because does anybody love it's, that. Uh, you're so easy to wave. <laughs> like, it's like this one brief moment. hands guy. Yeah, it's it when wing walking is actually easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's lots of fun. Yeah, incredible. Well, and, and what's it like displaying here over the sea at Bournemouth? Uh, it's wonderful. I've displayed at Bournemouth before. Uh, it's a very long crowd line. Uh, that's, that's that's the most memorable thing for me because I'm kind of in a lot of pain by the end of the, <laughs> what end you of the pass. Um, gritting my teeth a bit, but I love displaying here. Yeah. It's a lovely show and it's just so beautiful. Yeah. I think the special thing about displaying here is having the cliff with uh, everyone being able to see this kind of the same height as you. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful waving at people and yeah. having them have that experience of being So you actually on. get a kick out of that, or out of what you're seeing. Oh, I love it. Yeah. The views, I, I, that's why I'm here. It's the views are just, yeah. like, amazing. Yeah. I love it. Brilliant. I think we're done. done. Kirsten, you're a star. Thank I'm you. bonkers, but a star. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's all right. Thanks for having me. <laughs> As I said, we recorded those interviews the day before Dave's superb piece of airmanship to ditch the steerman safely in Pool Harbour. And we'd just like to send our best wishes to the whole team after what was a very scary incident. And remember, you can hear more interviews from the Bournemouth Air Festival and all our top landing gear podcasts wherever you normally get your podcasts from. You can also follow us on social media at Top Landing Gear and get in touch with us by email at info at toplandinggear.com. That's info at toplandinggear.com, two Gs. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 